I'm Brent Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the Bull, WRNF's Kinston. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Today is Monday, January the 15th in the year of the Lord 2024. It is Martin Luther King Day here throughout the land. This is Hour 2 of Episode 1001 of the Brian Hanks Show. If you missed our first hour, man, you missed a... Talk about jam-packed, man. We caught you up on everything that went on over the weekend here, the... Uh, George Whitfield Hall of Fame, the Brandon Ingram MLK Showcase, NFL. Uh, we had uh, Mark Panicelli on from 252 Fox Sports. Scott, what is it? It's not 252 ESPN anymore. It's 252 Fox Sports. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's fun. Had a, had a fun first. Uh, like I said, first hour, we caught you up on all the games in the uh, in the Brandon Ingram MLK and just everything, man. Just uh, high school basketball college basketball nba we did hometown heroes if you missed our first hour by golly you need to go to brianhanks.com or listen to the replay right here on uh on two or on uh 960 bet on the bull uh bet on the bull.com that replay will happen at three o'clock today scott whittington son of kinston joining us uh right now live here in the studio in just a few moments we're going to get Ken Wallington on. I know one of your good friends in media, dude. Uh, one of the good guys, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's one of the absolute best. Uh, Ken, you know, when he came here, first got here, I met him probably a few months, probably a few weeks right after he got here, and uh, our friendship kicked off there, and uh, we've been really close friends ever since. Uh, you know, from hanging out at games, going to going to uh, going out to eat with each other in Greenville or whatever. We we've uh, been close friends uh since this time here at uh it, with WNCT. Ah, um, and a good dude like I said started out on the sports side. He is now the uh evening anchor, uh news anchor, but that doesn't keep him from covering sports though, does it? No, it does not. It does not. But And um, I tell you what, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and try to get him up well, here. Hold on one go second. Ahead. No, no, if go I ahead may, while I'm doing that, please. If I may. Um I wanted to say I know you talked about it in the first hour, but I wanted to get on here and say this morning what a great weekend. Um, I want to say thank you so much for allowing us to be part of your special day, special night, Friday night. Uh, that was awesome and, and well-deserving uh, for you. Yeah, well, you, thank you. It was, Dude, it was my honor to have you and Paul and Sam and, and your, your hot mom, uh, Linda I Hanks. I let that slide this time. Um, <laughs> but, no, you, you work your well, tail off and it shows. And congratulations to you, well, dude. Thank you. I really yeah. do appreciate that. Uh, and, and, man. Uh, before we get Ken up here on the line with us, you got to tell me, dude, uh, how awesome was the M- BIMLK on uh, Sunday or on Saturday? It was awesome. It was. It was. It's always a fun event. It's always uh, a great, a great uh, day of fellowship and basketball for us Kinston folk. You know, we get to catch up with some former former uh, Viking coaches and legends who've come back with their with their schools that they're at now and. Uh, you know, it's cool to see that, and it, it was just a great day of basketball. Great games. Um, Kinston Goldsboro lived up to the hype. A heartbreaker for the Vikings, but it was it was one of those classic Kinston Goldsboro rivalry games. Oh, it, it was awesome! Did you know we've had the Brandon Ingram MLK now three years? Kinston is zero and three in it. How yeah. about that stat? 
Yeah, so next year you got got to break the streak. <laughs> got to break it next year. There you go. Okay, uh, let, let's. Uh, he's on the line with us. Uh, he's on our Spence Automotive guest line right now. He's going to be with us for uh, the ne- next 20, 25 minutes or so. We're very honored to have uh, one of the good guys, and and I say that, and and I know uh, my boy over here, Scott Whittington, backs me up on this too. Uh, one of the good guys out there in media in Eastern North Carolina from WNCT CBS nine. It's uh, Ken Watlington joining us. Uh, Ken, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I don't know where you guys are getting your information from, but no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind work. Uh, we mean it, man. You are. Uh, I appreciate it. Hey, listen, and I, I don't say that lightly. I don't like a lot of media guys, okay? <laughs> I like you. Me either. Well, I, dude, I like you. Of course, I like Bailey. Bailey's a good dude, man. I, we love Brian North here on yeah, the show, he's too. All right. <laughs> he's all right. Bailey's all right. <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. Well, uh, I got to tell you, man, and I'm just going to just go ahead and jump into this. We're going to be all over the map here. I'm sure Scott and I are with you. But, uh, dude, you lived the sports dream this weekend, dude. And I'm not even going to rule. I'm not even going. I talked about it in my monologue in the first hour and kind of broke it down a little bit. But I want to spend the next few minutes just talking about that, dude. Uh, it started on Saturday for you. It continued yesterday. Tell everybody about Ken's fun speak, uh, sports weekend. <laughs> it's the beauty of living in North Carolina, if you're a sports fan, and the proximity we have to the greatness. And it started uh, with some college basketball. Uh, I went to uh, Chapel Hill, did some, uh, some, some stuff from work, shot the highlights of the Carolina Syracuse game Saturday at noon. Um, Tar Heels look great. They're rolling now. Uh, might be top three in the country when the AP poll comes out later today. Uh, after that, uh, go back to uh, east side of Raleigh to Clayton in Johnston County, pick up a friend. We roll over to PNC Arena. We're going to go see the Canes play. The Canes, also red hot, uh, gave up the lead late to the Penguins and a great crowd at PNC Arena, but it's overtime. They win again. Their point streaks extended, and that was a lot of fun. Sunday morning, I wake up, go down to Wilmington, my alma mater, UNCW, hosting Delaware, uh, national TV game on CBS Sports Network. Tough, gritty, physical game. Seahawks get the win. So in a span of, oh, I don't know, 30 hours, I see three sporting events in three different cities and, uh, and all, you know, all positive outcomes for teams from North Carolina. It was awesome. We're going to break down each one of these. I want to get your opinion on this. And uh, Scott, whenever you're ready to jump in, just uh, let me know, okay? Yeah. But, dude, we've got to start with uh, the first game that you did, Ken, and that was uh, the Carolina game. And as someone who, I mean, you are a fan also of the Tar Heels, but as yep. a, as an independent observer, though, and, it, of course, you know, I can't be independent. I'm a Virginia guy. Of course, Scott is a, a Duke basketball fan. We we both got our chuckles in last year, although our, you know, Kinston's own Dontrez Styles was playing there. I hated it for him with everything that happened. But I'll get to my question here in a second, I promise, Ken. <laughs> but uh it just what it just it looks like a completely different team this year for this North Carolina Tar Heel team than the one that uh struggled through a, a non NCAA, a non postseason season the way they did last year, Ken. Yeah. I think a lot of people on the surface will say, well, that's because Caleb Love's gone. They're, they're better because Caleb Love's not out there putting up 20 shots a game. And to a degree, I think maybe that has a little bit to do with it. But Hubert Davis went out the portal and got guys like Harrison Ingram, 
kind of a do-it-all three slash four that really makes a difference. And he's a vocal leader, as is Cormac Ryan, who maybe isn't, you know, making the threes at the clip that people thought he would so far, but he's he's a leader. He's out there getting guys ready. And in the post game, listening to Hubert the other day uh, on Saturday, he says that, you know, he's not talking as much in practice because some of these new guys coming in are doing the talking and doing the leading and doing the coaching. And I think, I think that's the difference. It's not just as simple as, well, Caleb Love's gone at Arizona and, and Carolina's going to be better. No, maybe to a degree, a, a little part of it is that, but I just think these, these older veteran guys like Ryan and Ingram have come in uh, and kind of developed this team into something different. They're tough. They're gritty. They're physical. They're diving for loose balls. They're rebounding. They're finding the open guy, you know, making the extra pass. And then you, you talk about R.J. Davis taking that next step into being a, a, a bona fide All-American candidate. If not, potentially, if he keeps playing at the level he is, potentially a national player of the year or at, at minimum maybe ACC player of the year. I mean, he's having that good of a season so far. Armando Bacot, not bad by any means, but maybe not, you know, to the level he's been the last few years. And he doesn't have to be. You know, my dad's like, we well, didn't get a double-double. I'm like, well, Dad, you know, Harrison Ingram's getting 19 rebounds. There's not many rebounds to go around. I mean, you know, it's, you know, the team's getting the rebounds. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm sure Hubert's worried about. But, you know, Baycott still did have a double-double, as did Harrison, Green, Harrison Ingram on Saturday. So, um, yeah, they're rolling. You know, they had that three-game road stretch with Clemson, uh, NC State, and, and Pitt. Now, you know, I think most fans thought if they went 2-1 and one in that stretch, they'd be good. Well, they went 3-0 and oh, and – now they're 5-0 and in the ACC, and they've got a Louisville team coming in that they should beat pretty handily on Wednesday. Then they go to Boston College. Uh, the, the schedule is favorable for them to be 10-0, and potentially 10-0 and in the ACC when Duke comes to the Smith Center on February 3rd. So with that, excuse me, with that being said, Ken, um, Carolina was picked uh, in preseason to, to finish third in the ACC, and right now, like you said, they're 5-0, and they're first in the ACC. Who do you think is the biggest threat? You know, you said they have potential to be 10-0. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Tar Heels down the road in conference play? Well, obviously, the, the two Duke games are going to be huge. But before they get to that first Duke game, they do have a matchup with Wake Forest. And look, Wake's been good. You know, Coach Forbes, each and every year, you know, has done a good job going into the portal and getting some guys. And they're playing at a high level right now. And I think they play a couple of Mondays for now, Carolina and Wake Forest. I think that Wake team probably is the biggest test the Tar Heels will have before they go and uh, host the Duke Blue Devils coming up the first Saturday in February. I got to ask you, uh, and it, it's my turn to ask about my team here again. You know, I'm a big uh, Wahoo fan. What is wrong with my Virginia Cavaliers? And they, don't get it twisted. There weren't a whole, whole lot of expectations coming in this year, but uh, they just, I mean, you were talking about Wake Forest. Wake Forest just dismantled them uh, when they were in yeah. Winston-Salem. Uh, your thoughts on my Virginia Cavaliers and uh, what's happening with them this year? It's honestly, it's shocking. Yeah. And you're right, the expectations weren't where they have been the previous years. Maybe they don't have the offensive firepower if Virginia really truly has offensive firepower. But, he, they, you know, they've had some dudes over the years. And what just kind of stands out to me is the amount of points they're giving up. You know, that's not the Virginia way, not the, the Tony Bennett way. And um, I got a feeling they'll, they'll come back closer to the pack. I think they'll, they'll figure it out because Bennett's a fantastic, likely to be Hall of Famer coach down the road. I, I think they'll figure it out. Maybe not 
enough to get them in the top four and get to the double bye in the ACC tournament. But, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, the, the start to 2024 has been quite shocking for, for the Cavaliers for sure. Well, you mentioned the pack, and uh, we've got a ton, as you know, I don't have to tell you this, a ton of uh, NC State fans around here, including uh, Mr. Greg Clemens down in the Swansboro area. He, I know, uh, you know, they had a tough game at Louisville. They came out on top four and one for the Wolf Pack at this point right now in the ACC. What do you, uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, NC State right now, Ken? I'm uh, always and forever will be a Kevin Keats fan for what he did at UNCW and kind of bringing my alma mater back to prominence and bringing, you know, resurrecting us from the dead because there was a bunch of dark years for Wilmington after Brad Brownell left. Uh, I, I like Kevin Keith's style as a coach, and he, he's an, another one kind of like Steve Forbes. that's done a pretty good job of finding guys out of the transfer portal. Uh, you got DJ Burns down load, who is a load. Uh, I, I think states potentially setting themselves up for a, a for the double buy in the ACC tournament. I could see them finishing top four. And honestly, I could see the big four in North Carolina finishing top four in the ACC. Wow. How cool would that be? You know, you talk about how much the conferences are changing and realignment, this, that, and the other. You might have Carolina, Duke, State, and Wake Forest as your top four teams in the ACC this year. I mean, it, it literally, legitimately could set up as that. And, uh, you know, State's only lost so far in conference plays to Carolina. And, you know, it's a long way to go. It's 20 conference games now. But uh, they've got some talent. And when the shots fall, which they did not against UNC last Wednesday night, um, I don't know if that was just they were cold. Carolina is playing some good defense, so maybe it's probably a combination of the two. But when the shots fall for State and you got the big guy down low, uh, that's a good team. It's a really good team. Yeah, it's funny, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just looking at the standings over here, and the top five in the ACC right now is Carolina at 5-0. and Then you have a four-way tie for second at 4-1 and with Florida State, Duke, NC State, and Wake Forest. I mean, last year, we remember on quarterfinal Thursday, all four North Carolina teams playing in the AC tournament. Yep. It would be crazy. Yep. Yeah. It would be crazy this year if they all played one, two, three, four, and they all, you know, the home team gets to wear white. It'd be, it'd be great if all, yeah. if all four of them were wearing white in their games. And I got to say this, Ken, and I know the ACC tournament's in D.C. this year. Do you think if that were to happen, can we, uh, like, uh, lobby the ACC and say, hey, let, <laughs> swap with us. Let's have it back in Greensboro this year. Yeah, let's, let's, we'll, <laughs> let's bring it back down south. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I mean, and think about this one step further. You know, if it, it sets up that way, you know, the semifinal Friday night, and it's Carolina playing state in one and Duke playing Wake in the oh. other. Like, come on. Come on. Sounds like we got a long to go way to, to go. It's only January 15th, but we can dream, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, we absolutely can dream. That voice you listen to, you know who it is. It's Ken Wallington from uh, Channel 9 from WNCT joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. And before we uh, – I, I want to save your alma mater for last, so well, let's hold off on them for a little bit because I want to talk about them and – uh, in ECU, but I did want to ask you just about it the the top of the uh, the top of the uh, college basketball world right now. It's just topsy turvy, just like last year, in my opinion, Ken. That is just crazy that the final four teams we had last year, nobody could have predicted. Are you saying? I no. guess my question I wanted to ask you is: as much as you watch, as much as you see in person, as much as you cover. Do you see it being similar this year, or are the the Blue Bloods, the Kentuckys, the Carolinas, the Arizonas, the 
the Blue Bloods, not the San Diego States and the and the, the Miami. Atlantic. Exactly, exactly, the Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Do you see it returning to form, or do you see it being another crazy uh, NCAA tournament this year? I could see it either way, honestly. I, I think if you look at the top five, top eight now, you got some really, really good teams. Purdue, Kansas, uh, Carolina, UConn, obviously, the defending national champion. They're only two losses this year. They're probably going to be back to number one when the poll comes out uh, later this afternoon. Uh, yeah, Kentucky, even though they lost the other day, they've got a lot of talent. I saw them play uh, back before Christmas against Carolina in Atlanta. Uh, I, I do think maybe it'll get back to quote-unquote normalcy with some of those blue bloods and some of those you know higher-profile, big-time conference teams maybe making the final four but you never know who gets hot at the right time you never would have thought florida atlantic last year was going to do it or miami coming out of the acc so that's what makes uh, college basketball so much fun because you never know and and even if it is a year where it's the blue bloods and it's chalk it means these teams are really good and they're fun to watch so from a fan's perspective whatever you get we're going to watch it we're going to love it we're going to enjoy it Right now, Ken, on January fifteenth, we got a long ways to go. But right now, if you had to pick, who is your national champion in your eyes right now? Wow, that's a tough question. Uh, I'll give you mine when you're really, done. Well, I'm sure it's Duke. Uh, no, no, see, uh, no, no. I, I do want to talk about Duke in a second, though, because I think a lot of people wrote them off. But we'll get to that. I got to you. Got to put me on the spot, so I got to pick somebody. I think. I'm not going to go with North Carolina, even though I, I think they are trending upward. But, you know, I'm a, you know, jinx type of guy, so I'm not going to put that out there. Uh, I think Kentucky wins it all. Very good. Uh, let, I tell you what, let me pay a bill here real quick. We'll get right back here to Ken Wallington. want to thank uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare. They are the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. Nestled in the heart of Lenore County right here in Kenston, UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kenston for all your healthcare needs or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, Thank you so much to our good friends over at uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare, Beverly Jenkins, all of them, for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Let's get right back to uh, it's Ken Wallington from Channel 9. And before we wrap up our overall look at uh, college basketball, you're, uh, Scott is sitting here. He's grinning. He's rubbing his hands in anticipation to hear what you got to say about Duke. Well, Listen, Duke, I think when they lost to Georgia Tech back in early December, People are like, oh, oh, Duke. Maybe, maybe Duke's not Duke. You know, they should be losing George Tech. And and I, I kind of was like, okay, maybe you know they have. It's kind of the thing, you know, maybe they have too many pieces, too too many guys who want the ball, and there's not enough basketball to go around. Like maybe there is trouble in Durham. There's no trouble. They're fine. Yeah. They're good. And 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 they're going to be good. And I think it's going to come down to Duke, Carolina, in the ACC, like it has for decades. And yeah, the, the Blue Devils look really, really good lately. And I, I don't think there's any any worry. Now, injuries or anything, obviously this could happen to any team. But, uh, you know, that 
that Georgia Tech game, you know, back on was it December second or December fourth for you know early, early, early in the conference play. That's a you know that's that's in the past. That that means nothing. Duke, Duke's going to be fine. They've then they've been on a, what eight game winning streak. They're back. They're they're good to go. Oh, no, no, um, I know I had to step away for a second. Um, I was going to give, you know, I, I like the way Duke has uh, bounced back, rebounded, you know. Um, like you said, hopefully they get back on track. Um, we'll see what happens down the road in conference play. Uh, but, no, I wanted to real quick, I told you I was going to give you my national champion. I'm going with the yep. Tennessee Volunteers as of right now. What? I could see that. They, I mean, I'll tell you what, they – they had did they did not play well in the first half when they played Carolina back in the uh, what was that the uh, the SEC ACC challenge, uh, but that second half, if they had about ninety more seconds on the clock, they probably would have come back from twenty down and won that game. They, I mean, they got a high powered offense. They played good defense. I, I agree, Tennessee's fun to watch, and they are a good basketball team, and they've got some some older veteran players, and uh, you know that that's not a that's not a you know far off pick. I don't think. I, I, I think Tennessee's really good, and they're fun to watch. Oh, they definitely are, that's for sure. Again, that voice you listen to, that's Ken Wallington from uh, Channel 9 WNCT. And uh, we're going we're gonna to end our interview with him here in a few minutes, uh, talk, going back to uh, college basketball, talking about his Seahawks of UNC Wilmington, who you kind of got me halfway pulling for him a little bit just because of you, but we'll get back to them. But the second part of your uh, your sports weekend was uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. You talk about – I was just – I've got their schedule pulled up here in front of me, Ken, and just looking at it, there's only been one game since uh, Saturday, December the 9th, that they didn't score a point in, that they didn't earn a, uh, a season point, yep. and that was on uh, Saturday, December 23rd. But since Saturday, December 9th to now – they have earned points in just about every game, or in every game except for one. Yeah. They've won seven of their last eight games. To you, as someone who is a big Canes fan too, like uh, Scott Nauer, I'd love your thoughts on what has been the turnaround from this uh, team that a lot of people had high expectations for coming into the season. What has been the biggest difference to you, Ken, with this uh, Canes team? Uh, you know, it's, it's another thing like, like maybe Duke earlier in the season where it's like, Oh, they're not going to be good. Now I really thought that about the Canes. Like, uh, it's just not the year. It's just not setting up. And then as you mentioned with that point streak, they've got points in 14 out of 15 or 15 out of 16 now. God. Uh, and, and, and they're just rolling. I think one of the big keys is Andre Svechnikov is healthy and back to being what he can be, you know, earlier in the season, he's, he's, you know, he's healthy, sure, you know, but when you sit out that long, when you go through that injury and you rehab, you you know, you're probably a little skittish, you know, you're not, you know, mentally you're like, okay, am I, am I okay? And now he, he's, he's fine. He looks great. And and he's back to being the guy that they expected him to be. Sebastian Ajo is an all-star, and he plays like it every single night. Uh, and then you got the young guy in, in goal from Russia, even though he's in the concussion protocol right now, but Kachekov is, is really stepped up. And he had to because the the goalie situation in Carolina earlier this season, you know, with Ronta and then of course Anderson being, you know, uh, on the shelf because of the blood clot situation, it was it was a little sketchy. You were like, uh oh, this this is not going to go well. And Kachekov has really kind of stepped it up, and and hopefully he won't be out too long. And then you know Ronta came in the other night, you know, and a guy that was placed on waivers a couple weeks back, and you know he played his heart out. And, the crowd's chanting his name Saturday night, Ronta, Ronta. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was a cool sight. I'll tell you what. And 
I hope this year is the year because they've got the pieces to put it together. And, uh, and well, I tell you what, they're, they're nipping at the heels of the Rangers for first place in the Metropolitan Division. I mean, they're three points back, and, you know, a couple weeks ago they were 9, 10, 11 points back. I mean, they're, <laughs> what, a, what a change it's been over the last month and a half or so. Absolutely. And let me ask you this. I mean, and it's really not the fault of the Carolina Hurricanes. Heck, it's not even really the fault of the NHL, just the way the schedule tends to bear out early in the season with, you know, with the state fair in town and all that. And that's when, you know, they decide to go on the road. But it's frustrating to me as a peripheral fan, uh, or even maybe a little bit more than a peripheral fan, that they always seem to start out slow. Because, you know, they have to play all those games on the road. They always have to come on late because, I mean, even to this point, they're still, even when this six-game home game is over or home streak is over, they're all, they're still not going to have as many home games as away games at that point. Yeah. How do you fix something like that? Or is it just one of those things you just have to say, well, this is what's going to happen every year if you're going to be in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, in the, in the state fair thing, you can't change that. Yeah. And just the logistically, you can't play home games during the state fair. It's just a, it's a mess as it is. Trying <laughs> oh, I've to get done that. You've, get, done, you've tried to do that before yourself, haven't you? Yeah, get out there and get your turkey leg and, you know, stuff with whatever <laughs> they're going to stuff it with next year. And, you know, what concoction. I mean, it's so much fun. But, boy, the traffic situation is a nightmare. And, yeah, you can't you can't have a state home game. You can't have a, a Canes game. It's just a mess. But, uh, yeah, but it's, you're right. It doesn't seem like they played that many home games. And uh, they've known a stretch now where they get, you know, five or six in a row, which is nice. And, you know, hopefully they can take advantage of it. But, you know, maybe the, the NHL schedule gods next year can kind of, you know, besides the state fair road trip that, you know, become customary, they can figure out a way to sprinkle in more home games in the early part of the season. There you go. Uh, well, let me ask you this. I mean, again, like I said, three more uh, games on this homestand for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, again, you mentioned it, three points behind the New York Rangers. And believe it or not, we've got some big New York, New York Rangers fans here in Kenton oh, yeah. and Lenore and County. And there was a lot of Penguins fans at the game the other night. Oh, you know, I'm a lot sure. of these teams yeah. with huge followings, you know, especially in the Northeast, a lot of those folks have, have made North Carolina their home. And, you know, we welcome them. You know, North Carolina's a great place to live. We understand. And, uh, and not as cold, even though it's cold today. Uh, so, yeah, you know, when the Rangers play at PNC or the Penguins or the Boston Bruins, you get a nice mix of those visiting fans, which makes those, you know, makes the environment even more entertaining, you know, a little, little friendly trash talk. Absolutely. Uh, again, that voice you're listening to, Ken Wallington, joining us here on the uh, Brian Hanks show this morning uh, from Channel 9. And uh, I got that, that wraps up our. Uh, uh, our, our hockey talk just by, real quick i just wanted to put a quarter in the nfl machine what, how impressed were you with the four games this weekend anything other and I, i'm assuming you're going to be on the same boat that i am and that mark panicelli was in the first hour with the uh, cowboys game how were you surprised at all by that result anything else surprised you over uh, the first two days of the nfl playoffs i mean i want to say i'm surprised the cowboys lost but i'm not <laughs> I, are you I heartbroken? Really are you heartbroken? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so heartbroken. <laughs> oh, my. I could barely sleep last night. <laughs> I slept like a baby. Uh, but no, I really thought I was like, oh gosh, this is the year, isn't it? This, they're they're going to do it this year, right? I really thought it was like it felt different. Well, it didn't. <laughs> same old, same old. What do you attribute that to, though, uh, Ken? Because I mean, I'm a longtime NFL fan, and it just it blows my mind, dude, 
that the Cowboys have not played for an NFC championship since 1996. Scott, were you even alive in 1996? I was born in 98. He was born in 90. So he's not even <laughs> seen uh, a, a Cowboys playing in an NFC championship game in his lifetime. Ken, I mean, Washington, I can understand with just the poor management and the, the poor ownership there or whatever. Dude, the Cowboys, year in, year out, are one of the top six, seven teams in the league, allegedly. Yet, here we go. For a 28th year, they're not going to be playing in an NFC championship game. Washington hasn't played in an NFC championship game since, what, 92? Maybe 91. No, 91. Uh, 91. So, that's only, you know, what, six years? Yeah. Difference from the Cowboys? Yeah, it's a whole whole lot different situation, though, since the Cowboys won those back-to-back Super Bowls. But, uh yeah, I don't. I just. I don't think you can figure it out. I mean, there's got to be a coaching change now, right? Them, they oh, got to yeah. shake that whole thing up. Is it Belichick? Oh God, can you imagine? <laughs> oh my goodness! You no, got to think. Jerry Jones has got more money than God can, and you know this. It's true. Hey, but does, does Belichick want to put himself in that situation with that? You know, he can't call it a circus necessarily. But do you want? I just don't think he wants to do it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Okay, you put. I would probably find out pretty quickly. Oh yeah, you put the quarter in the Belichick machine. I'm going to put the quarter in the Jim Harbaugh machine. Do they go after Harbaugh? The Chargers have already met with him. Yeah. Do the Cowboys go after Harbaugh? I I thought Harbaugh was going to up with my Washington Commanders. Wow. I really thought it was it was going to shape up that way, but yeah, I don't think so now. I think he'll have better options if he does leave Michigan, which I'm not convinced he will leave Michigan. Me Um, me either. Yeah, I'm not so sure he will either. Okay, one more NFL question here for you, uh, Ken. Say something nice about Scott's Baltimore oh, Ravens because he and Paul and, uh, you know, I live in a household here with full of uh, Ravens fans, dude. It's a little stressful at times, man. I don't know if you've ever watched a uh, Ravens game with Scott, but, dude, first <laughs> off, you got to put earplugs in. Secondly, <laughs> if you got animals around the house, you've got to like them put them the in. Yeah, you got to get them out of the way. You got to put them in another room because he's either going to kick one or uh, step on one by accident, dude. Say something nice about his Ravens to uh, get him a little less stress going into this coming weekend. You're not going to like it. Oh no! <laughs> oh, here we go. The Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, ho, 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 ho. dude! He just took the headphones off and. Uh, <laughs> Wow, you really you know what that you means. really think so, Ken? Oh, I think so, but you know what that means? Since I think it, they're definitely not going to win. The then why would you say that? Because <laughs> I have the worst luck picking stuff, but in my heart, my eyes tell me that they're the best team. Wow, how, how do you feel? So, okay, my turn to play play psychologist here. How do you feel about that, Scott? Now that he said his <laughs> luck's bad, I don't like it. Exactly. <laughs> why would you do you that? You know to what me, I Ken? was hoping for, though. Thought we were boys. What, yeah, we are. We are. I, mean, I, was, I got a lot, a lot of friends who are Ravens fans, which is yeah. wild. Uh, and you know, I want to see them be happy because I'm not going to be happy with my team. Yeah. I haven't been since the '90s, so I don't even know what it's like anymore. <laughs> so I, I need to live vicariously through my friends, maybe, and they celebrate their success. Well, that's kind of the way I feel too. Okay, uh, one last thing about the NFL today at uh, 4:30 on WNCT CBS Nine, right here in ENC. You can watch the Steelers and the Bills. How does that affect you? I mean, with you being the you know the, the news anchor and all that, yeah, that's going to cut into your uh, that's going to cut into your FaceTime tonight, Ken. I mean, how does that it, 
Go ahead. It's taking all of my face time tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, and I'm quite all right with it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> my, my mom and dad up in Plymouth, they might turn it on. Where's the news? I, nope. Let's watch the NFL. My, many more people will be entertained by this than uh, watching me do the news. But, yes, there will not be a 5, 5.30 or 6 o'clock news on WNCT because we'll have uh, that wild card game at 4.30 from uh, – should have been 1 o'clock yesterday, but it'll be 4.30 up in Buffalo. On uh, on WNCT, so we're excited to have some playoff football matinee on a MLK Day Monday, and uh, and we're looking forward to it. And I, I tell you what, I'm glad I'm not there. So I, I I did my time up in the cold weather along the Great Lakes. I it's miserable, and I can't imagine being in that weather. I mean, I've done it, you know, covering football games, and you know, not being able to feel your toes for three days. And I'm just I'm glad I'm watching on TV. I know you are. Well, listen, I couldn't think of any better way to wrap up our visit with you, uh, Ken, than to talk about your UNC Wilmington Seahawks. And, and, and I promise I am not poking fun here at all, but how in the world do your Seahawks, and I was at that game, go to Greenville, lose to ECU. <clears throat> Good parts. <laughs> so, of course, you knew he had to throw that in there. But then, what, two days later, go to Kentucky and win at yep. Kentucky 80-73. to 73. Explain that one to me, Ken. Well, Menji's has become a house of horrors for UNCW. I don't think they've won there since 2013. And, you know, they don't play there every year, every yeah. other year or so. Yeah. But it's just been a house of horrors. And uh, on that Thursday night, back in late November, uh, UNCW could not put the basketball in the Tar River from the Town Common boat ramp. They just, they just <laughs> couldn't do it. They, they could not make a shot, especially in the second half. They were, you know, I think they were two for 20-something for three in the game, and one of those was banked in. Like, okay, that wasn't supposed to go in either, but it did. And then two days later in Kentucky, they're passing the ball, they're making threes, they're playing defense, they're just a whole different team. And uh, and since then, you know, they, they, they've lost three more games since that ECU game. Uh, one at Arkansas where they put up 90 points, played tough, just got outscored. And then they dropped their first two road games in uh, CAA play against a really good Drexel team, which is 5-0 and now in conference. And they lost at a buzzer beater. Uh, Towson hit a three at the buzzer to beat them a couple uh, Saturday before last. Uh, but now UNCW came back home, righted the ship, won two games at home over the weekend, including uh, two sellout games, packed Trask Coliseum. Yesterday's game was on CBS Sports Network um, and got a big win over a gritty Delaware team. So they're 11-5, and 2-2 two and two in the conference. Uh, they're picked to finish, I believe, third in the conference this year. Uh, College of Charleston comes into town next week. That's a big robbery game, be another national TV game. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to get down there for that. It'll be another sellout, third in a row at Trask. So uh, there's a lot to like about this UNCW team. Takeo Siddle is a Kevin Keith's disciple, uh, kind of the same fire. And I, I love the things he's done with the program since he took back over. And you got uh, some local flair with Shaquem Phillips out of South Central High School, won a state championship for the Falcons and Chris Cherry. And, you know, the fans love him. I love him. You know, they call it shy time when he takes over in the second half, and he did it yesterday. They've printed up T-shirts, and he's getting NIL money from shirts that say shy time and have, like, the digital clock on it. And it's a, such a cool thing for him. And, boy, is he fun to watch, and he's been a leader for that team all year long. Well, and I got to tell you, uh, you'll be proud to know that uh, Scott and I were watching it yesterday uh, here, at, here in my man cave. and of course, we were pulling hard for your Seahawks. Uh, well, what, what is the limit? And this will be the la our last question for you here, uh, Ken. What, what do you see uh, for the 24 season here for uh, UNC Wilmington? I mean, are they capable of 
uh, winning the CAA? Are they capable of making it to uh, making it back to the NCAA tournament? Without a doubt. You know, they lost in the championship game the last two seasons. They were right there on the cusp, had the ball in the final 30 seconds of both of those games uh, to tie or take the lead, weren't able to do it. Is this year they get over the hump? I hope so because they got a lot of talent. I tell you, their, their, their star player, Trezarian White, uh, I'm not trying to speak it into existence, but he is a high major basketball player. And with the portal and NIL, he's probably going to be playing in a power conference next year, unfortunately. Uh, and that's just, the, that's just the way it is. But he is good. He is fun to watch. Shaquem Phillips, this is his fifth year, his COVID year. He's done after this year. So there's going to be some changes next year for that Seahawks team as far as personnel goes. And the guys they got this year, when they're when they're clicking on all cylinders and they're sharing the ball and they're making shots and they're playing defense and they're diving for loose balls, they can beat anybody, hence Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, I can see them winning the CAA. I hope, I hope like heck they do because I would love to see my team get back to the NCAA tournament and maybe win a game or two. Well, why not, right? Why not oh, us? No, why not? Why not UNC Wilmington, who uh, I'm a Charlotte grad. I don't know if we've ever talked about it before, but I'm a Charlotte grad. Of course, your boy sitting across from me over here is an ECU student. But you know what? When it comes down to it, it we all pull for each other in the UNC system when, uh, when, when we make it to the postseason, you know? Well, and it just shows how great basketball is in the state. <laughs> well, let's, let's not, like, get – you'll never – I mean, yeah, of course. The UNC <laughs> right. system – if Carolina's in a championship game, you got to pull for the UNC system, right? No? Is that not how it works? I, I sort of do, but, I mean, uh, so the, the gentleman <laughs> sitting across from me, not so yeah. much, Ken. Listen, not that's so why we, much. well, we got to. There you go. Listen, <laughs> Ken Wallington, uh, Channel 9. Unfortunately, you will not be able to see him in the, uh, say, we'll see you in the <laughs> yeah. 11 o'clock hour, though, right? You, you will not, actually. I'm only on at 5, 5.30 and 6 these days. Oh, so, uh, we will have an 11 o'clock broadcast tonight, uh, but I, I will not be on it. So, you have to. If you really, really, really want to see me, you'll have to wait until tomorrow afternoon at 5. Well, my God, we will do that then. Listen, Ken Wallington, you are it's so much fun. Can, can we have you back on in a few weeks uh, as we get into the meat of the ACC or the NCAA basketball schedule? Call me anytime, for sure. Ken, you're the best, man. Thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. There you go. That's Ken Wallington from uh, Channel 9. Scott, thank you for joining me here, dude. No, thank you for having me. It's good to be back on the Brian Hanks Show. It really is. Let's play the birthday game. Let's get John and Jonathan in here, play the birthday game. We'll wrap up the Monday, January 15th edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. Today is Monday, January the 15th in the year of the Lord 2024. It's Martin Luther King Day, as everybody out there knows, uh, and uh, a holiday. And I'm working, and you're working, John, and you're working, Jonathan, to do the show this morning. Brian, this is pre-recorded like everybody knows. You pulled that curtain back, and I'm going to keep it pulled back forever and ever. Amen. Back well, to you, is, Brian. This is show 1001. Yes. You know, the 1,000th show was this past Friday, which was amazing. It was a 1,001 comes after 1,000? I thought it reset. <laughs> so we're starting at 1 again. Yep. That's Common Core is confusing to me. It is very confusing, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, show 1001, <laughs> what are you, what, your goals, John Dawson, for our, we've had 1,000 shows for our next 1,000 shows. Uh, get, cure him of that cough. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Which he's had for what, three Since months July now? 4th, 2023. Well, so 562. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably not far off. Well, we went, we saw uh, U2. U2, U2 in, in October. October. I was great. I was fine. I did not have it. No. Did I have an I'm elevated? Doing John Daw- Hold on, I'm doing the John Dawson. I think you contracted it and brought it back. No, I didn't get sick until 
Not the week we got back, the week after that. Wow. Okay. I swear I thought you were. Now, did I have an elevated BAC then? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, you did. Hey, uh, I want to go see you two again, ma'am. Well, you're married now, man. You don't get to do fun things anymore. <laughs> After I got married, that didn't affect me going to concerts or anything. Uh, nothing. In Las Vegas. No, it wouldn't. What keeps me from going to Vegas is I don't want to go. Yeah, exactly. But as far as going, like if we want to go see Ron White, I know I'm going because I want to go. We need to get that squared away, by the way. I'll, I'll look that up to, today here on Martin Luther King There's nothing day. sadder than a grown man afraid of a woman. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not afraid of a woman. Do I here she like comes. <laughs> Hey, baby. Oh, oh, dude, don't do that. It was, she wasn't coming. It was a cat. <laughs> anyway. We're okay. a weird bunch. Hey, this weekend, what'd you do yeah, over we, the weekend there, uh, John Dawson? I worked on some music stuff, worked on a video with a friend of mine who's a very good uh, filmmaker, I guess you would say, and we worked on a song or two for a project he's doing, just a lot of that kind of stuff. Saw the tax deductions in transit. They got so much going on. They need me there to kill the occasional spider, and that's it. Huh? How do you feel about that, John? Oh, it's awful. But what am I going to do? Yeah, life goes on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it means you did something right for once. He wow. does things right all the time. Best employee I ever had. Mm. Best employee the free press ever had, probably, outside of me and Patrick, of course. Well, I'll say this. He didn't have Judy's attitude problem. No, he did not. <laughs> and Judy. Judy was very important to the to the freak. Uh, she was great at her job, but she had an attitude problem. It still does from all accounts, right? You can bet your biscuits on it. There you go. Okay, what'd you do this weekend, Jonathan? Uh, you know, nothing much. Uh, Powed around the house, you know, went, went and did some window shopping somewhere. Uh, I don't know what I did. I can't remember. Oh, I did watch it. I got a new CD, DVD package of a, a recent Blue Oyster Cult uh, concert. And I'm not doing this to make fun of you because you're scared of that song. But, man, they've got some scary songs. They've got some songs in their catalog that make that one sound like nothing. They've got some very scary lyrics in their catalog. Oh, send it to me. <laughs> no. Some stop. great stuff. Yeah, anyway. Okay, well, let's go ahead. Well, as you know, I was inducted into the George Whitfield Sports Hall of Fame on Friday. I think most of our listeners were, too. Honk <laughs> if you drive by the house. Honk if you were inducted. <laughs> and uh, then Saturday, we had the uh, Brandon Ingram MLK uh, Classic over at Kenson High School. That was a lot of fun. And then yesterday, I did nothing but watch football. That sounds like a constructive day. It was a constructive day. Yeah. It's my birthday weekend, too. Linda's supposed to be doing something for me for my birthday. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, she told us. Oh. Enjoy your last birthday. <laughs> oh, Lord. A little arsenic shake. Wait, what? No, you got me scared to death a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about microdosing. Was that you? No, that was you, John. When you were t I was talking about the plastic buildup when we were drinking stuff out of plastic <laughs> bottles? It's a no where they... Oh, slowly, they put a little arsenic in every day yeah. and it builds up in your system exactly, over time. Yeah. And there's none traceable. Well, that was you, or was it you? Maybe that was Jonathan. I think it was like a collaborative effort because I brought up the wife in uh, F is for Family. The, one, the character Vince Vaughn voiced on that show, his wife was microdosing him with, uh, with like, um, drain cleaner. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, you know, my pipes have been awfully clean over the last week or two. That's yeah, so. a little too much. A little too much. He means, it's, you know, because he hasn't been coughing as much recently. What well, you if, you, if you drank it, you would think it would be your excretory pipes. 
Okay. That's just gross. That is gross. What are you thinking about? I'm over here. I'm basing keep, it on you, what I'm you usually say. I'm keeping this bad boy rated G, John Dawson. For great. <laughs> Indeed. Why don't you tell us over there, John Dawson, about our sponsor, the title sponsor of EO Birthday Game. Goeco Technology Service Provider. And that's Jacques Passeleg at uh, Goeco Technology Service Providers. If you need technology provided to you, no matter what your business, if you're a hog farmer, if you're a jewel thief, if you're trying to overtake a small country, Jacques can help you in your uh, mission. He can get it done quicker, more efficiently, and your employees will be happy and they'll be willing to work for free. That's how uh, that's how easy the task will be. Back with you, Brian. I love it. If uh, we want to get in touch with Jacques, Jonathan Massey, how do we do that? You dial 252 252 286 286 53 53 54 54. Or you visit his website, it's or what is goeco.com for more information. Back to you, Brian. There you go. Let's jump into this. He was born Armando. Christian Perez. But we know him simply as Pitbull. Pitbull, who is a NASCAR team owner now. Did you know that? That explains a lot. (laughs) Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide, indeed. This is Give Me Everything from uh, 2011 Planet Pit, the deluxe version. Pitbull over there, John Dawson. How old is he today? First of all, turn that garbage down. Can't think. Uh, that works to my benefit. Forty-eight. You say forty-eight. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? Forty-nine. He was born uh, January fifteenth, nineteen eighty-one. He's really? only forty-three today. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's bald. So Can't imagine why NASCAR is in the dips. NASCAR is actually picking back up. Daytona has sold out. It's not out. nearly as popular oh. as it was 25 years no, ago. No, not at all. I agree with that, but it is rebounding, though. No, that's because of the literacy rate went up. Yeah. Hey, what a pit bull. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's what NASCAR needs. <laughs> I know, and they, he performs at NASCAR races, and these yeah. good old boys are looking <laughs> 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 What is wrong with these people? These good old boys. The people look in the stands do not want to hear that crap. They do not. I would agree with you on that one, John. God, stop cramming things together that shouldn't be. Yeah. Like, like the new Monday night football theme. What in the hell is that? Or like peanut butter and chocolate, you know? No, oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah. hey, I'm going to get re allergy tested on the 16th. Really? Tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, very good. Yeah, tomorrow, Tuesday, January 16th. I just thought it was a fun little. Because I'm allergic. Neat, I'm allergic, he's allergic to, to peanuts. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he but can't eat peanut butter or anything, or he'll swell if up. They and come die. out of there and say you can have them. We're going to have a peanut butter Hershey's oh, kiss I've party. Oh, already, I've already got like a probably about two weeks worth of meals planned in my head. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Will you will you eat a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No. Yeah, Brian, I'll eat a peanut butter. Dude, that is the <laughs> go-to sandwich of all time. I could be sick as a dog, not want to eat anything, but you know what? Slap some Peter Pan peanut butter, smooth, on one side of the bread. Get me some apple butter or strawberry jam or grape jelly. I love grape jelly, the, the old go-to on the other side of the bread. Slap that bad boy together. I will eat it at any time of the day, man. It's a good breakfast, good lunch, good dinner, good midnight snack. You have have now named every condiment, every (laughs) mealtime. I have actually created the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I want to hear this. So you get, do you like Nutella? 
Nice. I've never had it. My family eats it. I've, I've never <laughs> messed with it much. Never, have you, I've never even tried it. Have you? It's, it tastes good. Okay, okay, so you take down the middle. You, uh, you make three lines. You do a line of Nutella, a line of peanut butter. And a line of, of cocaine. Of your choosing. A line of mallow fluff. Ooh, love and then fluff. And then on the other piece, so these all go vertically. Horizontally, you take grape jelly, honey, strawberry jelly. Boom. You have now created nine different bites in one sandwich. I think you're a genius. <laughs> I might be. John. I've been thinking about this for trouble? entirely too long. Hmm? Why are you looking trouble? <laughs> that just, sounds I'm just delicious. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard house plans that were less complicated. It sounds fine. If I made you wow. one, you would eat it. I'm sure, yeah. Nine but. different bites. Nine different tastes in one Why do you sandwich. Eat nine in one sandwich. Is it excessive? No, to each their own. I'm just saying. Do you have to have nine tastes in one sandwich? No. But A seven-layer salad is only seven. I'm just saying. Think about it. There's only seven ingredients. It's just the orientation of them. There's six different ingredients. Well, you got the bread. Oh, you include the bread as an ingredient. Okay, dude. We gotta. We gotta. Yeah. Bust sorry. This. No, no, no. That was good. <coughs> that. Would you not eat that? Sure. We've got to do that. We're going to do that one morning when you guys come in and do the birthday game. We're going to make. We don't do them in the morning, Brian. They're pre-recorded tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, who got Pitbull? He did. I did. Okay. It goes to you, Jonathan Massey. He's a former San Diego Chargers, New Orleans Saints quarterback. He retired after the 2020 season after playing for 20 seasons in the NFL. It's second most passing yards, second most passing touchdowns. It's Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I always liked him. Out of Purdue. Yep, out of Purdue was undersized. I liked him because he was a little guy that re- he threw it all over the field and he was tough. He could run. He was a fun fantasy quarterback to have. Nobody ever picked Drew Brees first, but you would. I had Drew Brees plenty of times. He'd be fourth, fifth, sixth. And doggone, if he would always he would led me to many champion or not many, but he led me to several championships. Yeah. You could get him in the seventh or eighth round, and still he would put those numbers up there for well, you. And I'm a Panthers fan, and I, I had nothing bad to say about the guy. Hated hated when the Panthers had to play him. Yeah, uh, Drew Brees. <laughs> how old is he today? There, Jonathan Massey. Forty. You say 43. What do you say, John Dawson? 44. And you are closer. He was born uh, January 15th, 1979. So he's 45 today. Oh, man, I'm going to be 35 this year. Yeah, I know. All right. 35. I know. I know. I would look at him that way, too. Who got Pitbull? I did. So you lead two to nothing. I'm going to buy you a pencil for your birthday. (laughs) I probably need one. Okay, three uh, people who've passed away here for the uh, final three birthdays. You're going to love this first one here, uh, John Dawson. Uh, he had an amazing career that included dozens of films and an incredible recurring role on Seinfeld as Izzy Mendenbaum. It's oh, uh, Bridges, um, Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges. There you go, Lloyd Bridges. Uh, I love that Mandelbaum. Mandelbaum. Yeah, that, that was one of the weak. That was in those weak non-Larry David seasons. You really didn't like. I thought I that thought was, it was really hilarious. silly. I thought it was really silly. Well, I figured you would like this, and well, I, I like him. Yeah. Well, he well, died. There, there was one really good gag in that when he said, you think you're better than me? <laughs> and, and Jerry goes over and picks up the TV like it weighs eight ounces and moves it. That was funny. That was and funny. then uh, he tr- Izzy tries to pick it up, and you hear the crack, crack, crack. 
but the blood in the car and that's got a little nuts well it was funny to me it was funny anyway uh, he passed away in 1998 john dawson lloyd bridges did uh, also the father of Bo bridges and uh jeff and jeff bridges yeah uh he died in 1998 how old would lloyd bridges be if he were alive today Hundred and two. You say hundred and two. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? Hundred and one. You went the wrong direction. He was born January fifteenth, nineteen thirteen. He'd be a hundred and eleven today. Mm-hmm. How about that? Oh, that was the one with the cigars and the yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all coming back to me. Okay, uh, wait a minute. Get it wound up over there, John. Jonathan Massey. Guess what? John Dawson has a perfect game going. Perfect game for John Dawson as he leads three to nothing here, uh, which means he's already clinched the day and everything. This is awesome. Oh, shoot. Ah, I was supposed to have uh, this next one ready. You know what? I know I've not played this one. So let's do this one. And it's a re- yeah, I know. Ballad of Curtis Lowe, Skinnerd. There you go. But I know that was a remake, right? They no, didn't do that. That's their original it song. It was original. I did not realize that. Okay. Skinnerd hardly had any covers. Okay. Leonard Skinner, he was a lead singer Ronnie Van and co-founder Zandt. until he died in 1977. In a plane crash. In a plane crash. Ronnie Van Zant. A lot like John Denver. No, he died in a skiing accident. Didn't Again, he? that was Sonny Bono. John oh. Denver was a plane crash. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Ronnie Van Zant over there, Jonathan Massey. Uh, how old would he be today if he were alive? He died what year? 1977. So he died 47 years ago. It's a good song right here, right? Most of their songs are good. 73. You say 73. What do you say, John Dawson? 74. He was born January 15th, 1948. So he is 76 years old today. And you know what that means, Jonathan Massey? Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. John Dawson up four to nothing here. And uh, here is the last birthday of the day. Uh, He was assassinated in 1968. And today's holiday is named after him. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Martin MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. was born today, January the 15th. How old John Dawson would he be if he were still alive today? Martin Luther King Jr., MLK. I could play the U2 MLK song if you want to. I was thinking you would. I should have. (coughs) But I will. You don't have to. John can put it in and post, you know, because we pre-record it. Uh, Yeah, it is yours. You're going for the perfect game here. MLK, how old would he be if he were still alive today, John Dawson? I guess it would be weird if you didn't have this on on the birthday game today. Yeah. 96. You say 96. Jonathan Massey, how old would MLK be? This is to stop the perfect game. 97. And you did not. Congratulations, John <laughs> Dawson. You win today. He was born uh, January 15th, 1929. He'd be 95 today. Ah. So you were just one year off. Uh, another perfect game. You started this month and this year with a perfect game. That's now your 15th perfect game of uh, of the birthday game here, dude. Uh, hey, a couple of local birthdays, man. Donald Ingram, today is his birthday. Brandon's dad, happy birthday to him. He's one that year in, year out puts together the Brandon Ingram, which raises $5,000 every year for the United Way, for the Lenore Green United Way. So thank you to Donald. Thank you to Brandon. Uh, happy birthday to Thomas Vermillion. 
I know you're uh, Baylor's finest. There you go, uh, Thomas Verlinga, and then also to Alan Parrott, a uh, local uh, legend here in uh, Kinston and Lenora County, is my neighbor. He lives two streets over. So if today is your birthday, like uh, Alan Parrott, Thomas Vermillion, Donald Ingram, we and got uh, here the great MLK, have a great day. Have a great holiday. We'll see you tomorrow. The trick. birthday game presented the by. There you go. Uh, and uh, man, as we are wrapping up today's show here on the Brian Hanks Show, thank you so much to uh, our guests, uh, Mark Panicelli, who we hadn't talked to in a month. Thank you to uh, our uh, our good friend Scott Whittington and then uh, Ken Watlington. On tomorrow's show, we'll start with Richard Clark. Hopefully, he will be over uh, all the pain and everything that happened with his. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's Dallas Cowboys, man, throughout the rest of the week, I need to tell you this too. Got some man Wednesday. We're going to have Cy Seymour on from, uh, the, uh, ECU. We're going to have Terrence copper making his show debut here on Friday too. So, uh, man, it's going to be a fun time. Listen, thank you so much for listening to today's show. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks show presented by Lenore community college.